You're listening to DraftKings Network. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Presented by DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app today and use code DAN for a special offer when you sign up. That's code DAN only at DraftKings Sportsbook. I spent most of the last three days looking at maps of Middle Earth. What is that? (laughs) (laughs) Lord of the Rings. Oh, I'm out. Tolkien's World. Yeah, I'm out. I'm out. Tolkien. I realized last week, like, we're, we're all very condescending about Amin's Rule of Two and Star Wars, which, by the way... Welcome to Mystery Crate. You'll hey! be here hey! Oh, hey! later on in the episode. But there's a lot of like nerdy things that I partake in. Star Wars just isn't one of them. So I wanted to make that admission and extend an olive branch. You just subbed Star Wars for Lord of the Rings, though, which feels nerdier to me than Star Wars does. I feel like they're equally like... Guys around the room? I would say Lord of the Rings is nerdier. Yes, yeah, yeah. yeah I, I, I concur on that one. Thank yeah. you. Yeah, yeah, you're welcome. Why do you say that? I... I would say because of the fact that the origin text is a book as opposed to a very popular movie. Mm. I thought Star Wars was a book. I don't think so. I, I don't. I don't think. I, 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 I don't. Play, I don't believe that Star Star Wars is a comic book or anything like that. I think it's, it's just no. a movie. Yeah. It, it no, began a movie. as a movie. Which, by the way, the very confusing part about Star Wars is that we wow. begin with episodes four, five, and six. Well, right. that's the and then thing, we go to one, two, and I three, never got past and then that. we go into seven, eight, and nine. <laughs> and now, like, it's impossible to keep track of. I mean, it's, it's the same reason why I'm out on the on the Marvel universe. Is that there's just too much to know now. No, mm. that's not fair. There's, four, five, and six were one, two, and three at the beginning. Let's yeah, just get Roy, that that's straight. the confusing. I know, part. but the confusing bit is that now, like, my my the first one that I saw was the first was Star Wars Episode One. Which is the oh, which really yeah which right right because that was like oh, it was sort oh, of like you know whatever in nineteen small in in nineteen that's it, that was like Jar Jar Binks the one that everyone hated like no but like like nineteen seventy seven when the first one came out or whatever year it was it was this whole big thing for me in two thousand one it was a whole big thing to go see Star Wars yeah but never really took right yeah. Well, all so, the people that are tuning in to listen to the Star Wars recap are loving this conversation. I always thought it started off as a book, but I googled it and that is apparently an urban legend. It did not start as a book. Well, if it started as a book, I'm, there would be a book, right? Wow, I mean, that's an excellent point there. Yeah, point. Not, how could it be an urban legend? I never if, considered it. Right, but how could there be this, an urban legend if there is, is no from, text? This is straight from Google, and I'm, I'm not. <laughs> what amount? Well, I don't. <laughs> right. I don't, why would somebody I, would have a book of it? Right. Correct, but not me. So I. Why, no, no, I'm just but saying. I, urban, I feel like it'd be a very popular book amongst right, like correct. teenage, you know, age children. That they would like go and grab the Star Wars book. I feel like we're we're yeah we're we're speaking, parsing hairs we're here. It's fine. Past each other. Lord, Lord of the Rings is nerd. Okay, so so we should agree. we so okay, should we yeah. like all reveal our nerddoms so that we can like kind of not be condescending sure, towards Star Wars. Sure, we can't Star be alone. Yeah. And, and also like I don't want to be condescending towards Jessica either. You should can. We? I don't give a shit. No, if you guys I, think no, I'm a nerd. I, no. I love looking at maps. I don't. I don't want to be condescending. I I know that there is a, a massive following for not the Lord these. of the Rings franchise. Mm. I know that uh, that they're. You know, is is a real kind of way to jump in into the deep end of the pool, as mm-hmm. in like looking at maps of Middle Earth. Mm-hmm. 
And I, I want to. I, I want to respect because there's I, lots of maps, Tony. Sorry, new, wow. news breaking here. I too am a massive nerd. Although I don't, I'm, what? I don't, I don't have like the uh, that's bullshit. That. Man. I don't have like the nerdism about like any particular uh, piece of culture. I would say like I'm not like a Star Wars person. I'm, I'm out on Star so Wars. So you're a nerd without being into nerd culture. Correct. Wow. I would just say that I'm Check like me. I, I would just sort of mm. say I'm like I'm a rook nine. I feel the same way. How are we Big defining blur. the word nerd? Because honestly, like mm. Star Wars is extremely mainstream. So are all the Marvel movies. So but are a lot uh, be, of things. Being that are a nerd at some point nerdy. became very mainstream. Right, and and so I would like to I would like the audience to know that it's not we're not using it pejoratively. Mm-hmm. It's not a it's not like an insult. I think are we have sure? to define it. Yes, Roy, I'm, I am sure. I think we have to define it as like being very interested in a certain text or movie. Correct, like a hyperfixation. To an obsessive amount. Okay? Hyperfixation okay, but, on a niche. But, but why does it have to be a text or movie? Right, I, I, I like that as a broader it definition. It doesn't have to be. You could be so a like, football for instance, nerd. Right, right exactly, exactly. So I, uh, last night, decided to make my own ranking system for mm. picks that I make for football games. So I did like, like a confidence pool. N- no, so no, no, no. Like so, I ranked all the teams based off of the various team metrics that are out there. Football Outsiders, DVOA, and five thirty eight Elo, and uh, I forget which other one. I created my own metric as well because I really mm-hmm. like it. Largest lead yeah. minus largest deficit. Yeah. And so I but ranked all the teams. Are you still finding the correlation between yeah. that, or you're still searching? I, for I'm it? I'm still looking for the correlation. I okay. believe in it though, so I added it to my rankings, and so I have my own sort of compilation aggregate rankings. That is a very nerdy yeah, thing to nerdy. do. Very, very much nerdy. But again, I don't Math like like when it comes to like I don't. There's no text. There's no book or movie that I'm like I'm all the way in on where I know. Like I listened uh, to the we shouldn't mention podcasts on other networks, but I was listening to the. Oh my god! And they did four hours blur on that. boogie nights. Blur that. Jeremy bleep that. Blur it. Big blur. Four yeah, hours on boogie idea. nights and like. And sh- every that. detail of yeah, that movie. Name too. Yeah, yeah. And it was like I. Supercharged those. I, yeah. I, I realized that I don't. No, like I, I'm not this level obsessive about anything. Yeah, I don't know anything well, to this level. Ranking except, tale. except for football, you right. just told us. Yeah, I right. also like. Yeah. I'm do really you not into, like anything in pop culture? I don't like anything in pop culture that much. Hmm. Huh. Do you like anything? Hmm. Yes. No. What are things that you like? Rank the top four or five things that you four, like. Four. four. Period. Just like just things in life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is that your favorite punctuation? That can be on the list. <laughs> Just do do your top five. We'll listen to Amin, and then we'll come back and listen to Woody's top five things that he likes. Yeah. Hmm. All right. Well, here's Darth Amin's rule of two. Welcome to another fun-filled episode of Darth Amin's Rule of Two. I am your host, Darth Amin, your Sith Lord, your purveyor in all things in the dark side of the Force. Joined, as always, by my apprentice, Darth Corn Puzzle, a.k.a. Anthony Mays. And Mays, woo 
We are heating up in Andor as the Empire makes its grand debut. Oh, yeah. All sorts of intrigue is happening. And after an episode with not a lot of Easter eggs, they brought it. We got a veritable Easter egg. Don't know if I can say this on this particular channel. Why are you making me work my edit button already? It's too soon. You know what? And it doesn't even make sense because that term refers to the other side of the fertilization process. This is the eggs. Lots of eggs here. <laughs> eggs galore. Because there's just a lot of idle chatter, I mean. And whenever there's idle chatter, it can't just be about nothing in this Star Wars galaxy. It's nope. always got to be based on something. So there's a lot of references to a lot of stuff. But this was an exciting episode. I really enjoyed it. It's funny because in Star Wars, it feels like there are two types of references, right? There are references that are made that actually exist, like a typical reference. It's referring to something somewhere else in the canon. For instance, at one point in this, we get a Hosnian Prime shout out. Hosnian Prime exists. It was introduced, I believe, in the new trilogy. And then sometimes you get stuff where they throw something out that doesn't exist, but God damn it, they're going to start to create a whole universe around that now. Mm -hmm. For instance... The planet Aldani, which is where Luthen takes Cassian Andor to in order to meet up with these other rebels to carry out what's supposed to happen. Yep, that's the title of the episode, directed by Susanna White, Masters of Sex, Billions Trust, The Deuce, Nanny McPhee Returns, and written by, I mean, Dan Gilroy, Tony's brother. There it is. Who you'll remember from the Two for the Money, Cinephobe episode, The Fall, Nightcrawler, Kong, Skull Island. It's a family affair. And this show essentially is going to be broken down into four three-episode arcs mm -hmm. with the same creative team working on those. Kind of like a little mini-movie with its own storyline, so... I really like what they're setting up here with everything happening on Aldani. We meet a whole massive slate of new characters in this episode. The heist crew on Aldani, who we can assume is future rebellion or part of the budding rebellion. We've got Faye Marseille as Vel Sartha. You might recognize her as the waif from Game of Thrones. Eben Moss Backrack as Arvel Skeen. He's having quite a year. He's already done The Dropout and The Bear and now Andor. We get Alex Lothar as Karis Nemec. You know him from the Shut Up and Dance episode of Black Mirror and that show on Netflix, The End of the World. And Terramin Barcona, Cinta Kaz, and Lieutenant Gorn are the rest of the crew. Those actors I'm not as familiar with, but we've got six people camping out on this planet, I mean, and they are plotting a heist of an Imperial base to get some payroll numbers. It's a heist movie, man. It's a heist movie. Who would have thunk it? So we're going all Donnie. At one point, there's a conversation between Luthen and Cassian where Cassian looks kind of surprised. He's like, I've never seen it do that. Is he talking about jumping to hyperspace? Has he never seen hyperspace? That's what it seemed like, yeah. I guess maybe he was asleep when they were in hyperspace when they kidnapped him, but okay. I thought he was maybe talking about that specific type of ship. Oh, he's never seen that ship in hyperspace. He's seen that ship, but I think Luthen has a modded version. Got it. That has a little more capabilities. Luthen tries to convince him, and Cassian is like, all right, who are you? Alliance, Sep, Partisan Front, Gorilla. Alliance is obviously the Rebel Alliance, which really hasn't even taken full form yet because it's an alliance of different rebel sects like all of these different subsections came together to form the rebel alliance sep 
That's short for separatist. That is the Confederation of Separatist Systems in the Clone Wars, the one that was breaking away from the Republic. We now know that even though it was run by Count Dooku, Count Dooku was just basically carrying out the orders of Sidious, and it was all kind of an inside job. But for many of these systems, they really were trying to break away from the Republic. So finding out that, like, oh, our overlord was actually the guy who's the Supreme Chancellor of the Republic didn't really like, oh, in that case, we're all good. So they continued to try to fight to separate themselves. And then, of course, the partisan front maze, that's Saw Guerrera and his extremist band of terrorists that use force to try to bring about change within the Republic. He keeps talking to him, so you want to do something big. Andor says, I fought in Mimbin when I was 16. Mimbin is the war from Solo, mm-hmm. a Star Wars story. If you remember when Han Solo enlists and he gets set to the front and it's a very muddy, foggy war, that's Mimbin. Shout out to Andor for having served there, although as Luthen points out, you were just a cook and you ran away after six months. So Yeah, that was really tough when Andor is blustering about his time there and Luthen says, I read your exposition file, Cassian. I know what you really did. And then that's when Luthen reveals the real thing they want him to do. The specific thing is stealing the quarterly payroll for an entire imperial sector. And I said, it's a heist movie, boys. And then we cut the Coruscant. Coruscant is the capital planet of the Republic. There is no face of the planet. It is just city. It's one big-ass city this is where we meet the isb for the first time we've got denise goff as supervisor deidre miro she's got three blue squares on her jacket she was in under the banner of heaven now here's a question for you maze is it star wars or is it british accents is her name Dedra because that's the Star Wars pronunciation, or is her name Deidre, and because they're British, they're saying Dedra? Her name is actually Dedra, D-E-D-R-A. Okay, all right. We got Anton Lesser as Major Partagaz. You'll recognize him as Kyburn. Shout out to Jason Concepcion, our guest this week on Cinephobe. He, of course, has the amazing Maester Picel impression. Kyburn is not even a maester. <laughs> and then Ben Bailey-Smith as Lieutenant Supervisor Blevin. And Amin, he's known as his rap stage name, Doc Brown. I'm sorry? The guy who plays the rival supervisor. Is a rapper? Is a British rapper who goes by the name Doc Brown. Get out of here. Get out of here. Stop it. Get your own thing. We don't have people over here named, oh, King Henry VIII or whatever. Get your own (laughs) shit. Sick and tired of these Brits, man. Just stealing our shit. I thought you'd like it for sure. I'm blown away by this. All right. I'm annoyed. I'm annoyed by their plagiarism all the time. But yeah, the ISB, man, like this is, we've heard a lot of it throughout Star Wars. We've seen ISB officers, but we've never seen the actual bureau. The ISB is the secret police of the Empire. Your KGB or your CIA. We get a lot of discussion here about various goings-on about the galaxy, including Ryloth. Ryloth is where Harrison Dula is from. Harrison Dula is the captain of the Ghost from Star Wars Rebels, that series, and then goes on to be a general in the Rebel Alliance, and we will see her confirmed in the new Ahsoka series that comes out next year. Another announcement is for a ship going to Arvala 6. Arvala 7 is the planet with the Nick Nolte character from Mandalorian. You're talking about Quill, the Ugnaught, 
And this is the planet where the Mandalorian found Grogu. Yes, that's exactly right. So it's somewhere in that system. We get a lot of intel on like how this thing works, how they approach the job. Very bureaucratic, very process-oriented. Did you turn in your TPS reports, that sort of thing? Maze, I don't know about you. I got a kick out of the 70s-style technology when she starts looking up stuff mm-hmm. about Ferrix on her own personal device. It looks like an iPad, but you could tell everything has this very clunky Soviet-era 70s stylistics to it, and I enjoyed that very much. Yeah, the operating system hasn't been updated recently. It's like when you go to a company that's still running Windows 95. (laughs) Is this Windows 95? On their internal (laughs) computers. But yes, it's just wall-to-wall jargon here business jargon referencing all these planets oh scarif gets a shout out you get the impression that they run a very tight ship major partagaz is a very no-nonsense guy seems very strict but then we know Mm -hmm. that it's not really that way outside of this room right it's like they can talk about it in theory but in practice it's not as strict as major partagaz would like it to be and we get a vibe of that even within the room when he's like talking to one of the officers and he says i haven't seen your reports yet later on when she claims that she has jurisdiction over the ferrix case he tells her you might be right but doc brown over here has turned in his quarterly reports and you haven't so there's a lot of slippage yeah within this and it kind of illustrates the difficulty of having an empire that governs over a huge amount of space It's really hard to be on top of everything when you're so stressed in. That's why the co-ops exist, the the enterprise zones and these corporations that have free reign on their territories, because at some level, it's just too difficult to legislate and govern over all this territory. Yeah, he makes an analogy to healthcare, which I really liked. Yeah. That they're treating symptoms here. That's their job. Instead of essentially crime prevention, which is how some people are approaching it. So it was a very interesting look at the ISB and the way they govern the galaxy. He says, yo, if you want to do law enforcement, go grab some stormtroopers and go have at it. Mm-hmm. That's not what we're here for. And indeed, again, throughout all of Star Wars, we do see that the ISB officers, like Callus, for instance, in Star Wars Rebels, they operate different. They're not military, so to speak. And the mention of Scarif... Increasing construction shipments going to Scarif. Exactly. And it's one of those mentions where they're looking right in the camera and then they cut away. <laughs> yeah. So that was very pointed. Like, remember Scarif? It was in Rogue One. They're building the Citadel, I guess. Yeah, and it's top secret. They can't talk about it. Meanwhile, Cassian is on the ship. He's shaving. They've arrived in Aldani. Luton tells him to pick a code name, and Cassian picks Clem, the name of his adopted father, I guess. Yep, and he's got to be dead. Meetup happens with Vel. Luton starts to explain to her why Cassian is so important, and you need him, and she doesn't want to do it, and we got a lot of back and forth here. He gives Cassian the Kyber crystal as a down payment. Kwati Signet. Don't sell it for less than 50000 And it celebrates the uprising against the Rakatan invaders, I mean. That is apparently a reference to the Knights of the Old Republic. An ancient race of cone-headed, fish-eyed aliens. It's revealed that they are the architects behind the devastating weapon at the heart of Knights of the Old Republic's climactic act, the Starforge. But... We all know what Kybo crystals are. They're what go in the lightsaber. They power the Death Star. 
it's a pretty cool trinket to have. The reality is within about 15 years, basically, or less than that, the Empire has managed to erase the very knowledge of the Jedi or the Force or any of that shit. People don't know anymore, which is pretty impressive. As I said, Luthen goes out there, goes and talks to Vel, standard run-of-the-mill heist movie. Hey, this wasn't part of the deal. We got to do this two days before the heist. Look, you got to do this. Da, 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 da. To be fair, I do empathize with Vel here. They've been living in the woods on this planet for months, keeping a super low profile. Cassian shows up at the last minute. He's getting paid. It's not clear that any of the rest of them are getting paid. They don't know if they can trust him. It's kind of a nightmare if you're Vel. And Luther just steamrolls the hell out of her. Not only are they getting paid or not, but apparently they're all there for the culture, and, and this guy's not. Exactly. He's a ringer. It's not, you don't want to bring this type of energy in. Friends, a lot has changed over the years, personally, and across our airwaves. But one thing that hasn't, the great taste of Miller Lite. So what is the best thing about the original light beer? Miller Lite sparked this debate in 1975, and we still haven't settled it. You know, for me personally, I recently bought a few six-packs of Miller Lite for my housewarming party because that's one thing that's changed for me. I moved into a new house, and I brought some friends over, and we enjoyed the best light beer because Miller Lite keeps it simple. Undebatable quality, great taste, only 96 calories. It's the beer that strips away everything you don't need and holds on to what matters most. A light beer that tastes like beer. Less filling and only 96 calories. The original light beer since 1975. You don't have to choose what's best. Miller Lite has great taste and is less filling. Tastes like Miller time. To get Miller Lite delivered right to your door, visit MillerLite.com slash crate. Or you can find it pretty much anywhere that sells beer. Celebrate responsibly. Miller Brewing Company, Milwaukee, Wisconsin. 96 calories per 12 ounces. Fewer cows and carbs than premium regular beer. Now we're back on Morlana. And they are on their ass for this Ferrix debacle. As of this morning, the Morlana system. Oh, my God, my man. Yep, my man. man, Yo, yo, we just thought he was going to get fired. (laughs) Instead, the Empire is like, as of this morning, the Morlana system is on permanent Imperial authority. Imagine that, Maze. You messed up so bad. Everything. Everybody. Not only did you lose your job, your boss loses his job, your subordinate loses his job. This entire sector has lost its autonomy. You're done. You're done, son. You no longer have any utility here. And I love his superior is essentially saying, I wasn't even here. Yeah. (laughs) I had nothing to do with this. And it doesn't matter. And I would like to make a quick correction. Our guy, Kyle Soler, who plays Cyril Karn, is American. But he went to the Royal Academy of Dramatic Art. So the accent is genuine American. I'm sorry. I mean, there it is. We do do corrections here, apparently. I bet old Cyril over here wishes he could have some corrections in his life, but tough luck. By the way, I don't know if you caught a glimpse, Maze, what appear to be death troopers standing outside. Mm, I didn't see that. Doc Brown has himself a little accompanying brigade. We cut back to Aldani, and we're getting a walk with Vel and Cassian, and that's where Vel reveals it's not just stealing the payroll. They're breaking into a garrison, and he says, now it's the garrison, and they have to duck and hide, and the scream of the TIE fighters as two TIE fighters fly by on patrol. We meet the crew. I like the crew. I'm excited for what we're setting up with them. Essentially, they tease this cosmic event 
that's going to happen in episode six, I would guess. That sounds pretty visually exciting. And we get a lot of jargon from the nerd in the crew about what it is exactly. A bunch of crystals burning up in the atmosphere. They give him a tablet full of info to memorize. And everybody is resistant to him showing up, not just Vel. We also get some exposition about Aldani, what happened to it. Uh, it was very well populated, and then they created an enterprise zone like the one on Morlana, and the Empire basically moved 40,000 people out of their homes to go live and work in the enterprise zone. And Aldani, its value to the Empire is that it is far enough from everything else, but not too far from everything else. So it is ideal as a distribution hub, which is perfect for anyone who's trying to take over the galaxy. And I said, like Amazon? Mm. Is Amazon trying to take over the galaxy? Amazon would love Aldani's placement. That's for sure. We got a nice little reference here. Nemec, the bright-eyed and bushy-tailed rebel, falls asleep, and the guy wakes him up and says, you ride with Mossy, Garbage, or Saw Guerrero and fall asleep on the watch. They put your head on a pike for a laugh. So nice little reference again to Saw Guerrero. I did not look up Mossy or Garvish. All the ISB people have a very sickly look about them. You notice that? I don't know if that's the lighting, but they all look gaunt, sunken eyes and all that stuff. Yeah, I think that's just the overhead fluorescence. I mean, I don't think that that's an indication that they're not living their best life. I mean, it seems to be... Uh factory for the go-getters like dedra dedra finds out that the little device that was the MacGuffin in the first three episodes was stolen from a facility in her sector so now she wants to claim jurisdiction over what's happening in ferrix obviously doc brown is like nope that's my jurisdiction but on out and we get some good old-fashioned Star Wars politics mm. here, Maze. A lot of arguing about jurisdictions and stuff, and I, for one, love it. I love it, too. We get Partigas giving us a lot of exposition about where Dedra came from, how she's new to this branch of this ISB, and how she wants to rise as quickly as possible, get those promotions turn and burn you know doc brown hits her with the you might want to steady the ladder before you try to climb it and i'm like oh that's a banger of a line the look that doc brown gives her when mm-hmm. part of gas tells her to hush up and focus on her own sector mm. satisfaction back with luthan and the stuff that we thought was flashbacks maze Weren't flashbacks at all. My man has a whole outfit that he puts on, a fake wig. He puts on the nice clothes. He even puts on a fake face, not literally, ladies and gentlemen, but figuratively with the smile. Like he does this little, ha The practicing was amazing. That was totally ass off by Luthen. Gets himself down there. We get a Hosnian Prime reference. As I said, Hosnian Prime was the capital of the New Republic. We also get references to Plexus and Eugornis Major. Meanwhile, also on Coruscant, we see Cyril goes home to his mama. That's the end result. He goes home to his mom. This is the absolute bottom. It looks like they live in the underworld of Coruscant, by the way. I don't know if that's just me making an assumption. The higher class you are on Coruscant, the closer to the surface you live. The lower class you are, you know, you live beneath the surface. And it looked like Cyril was from beneath the surface. His mama slaps the shit out of him and then gives him a hug. And the neighbor in the back is watching like Cuck O'Leary. The background information we have here is that Cyril's mom is, quote, the stage mother from hell. 
So we're going to see more from her about this whole idea of raising a son to be something greater than this environment that they grew up in. And she'll stop at nothing to push him to be the best that he can. This further fuels my belief that he wants to be an imp. And I think he's going to join forces with Dedra at some point as the two people who want to do the job and everyone else is skirting the rules or cutting corners or whatever. It reminds me a lot of Ben Stiller and Starsky and Hutch when the body washes up and Owen Wilson wants to push it back, let the tide take it down to the next (laughs) precinct. Mm -hmm. What are you trying to do here? It's like, a murder. I'm trying to solve a murder. (laughs) Ben Stiller can't believe that Owen Wilson doesn't understand, like, hey, we're police officers supposed to do this. Owen Wilson can't believe that Ben Stiller is actually trying to do work. Oh, my gosh. Folks, gather around. Everyone gather around. Listen to these words. The NBA playoffs are heating up, and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. With same-game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more, don't miss out as the NBA postseason winds down. And if you're new to DraftKings, you gotta check this out. New customers, listen to me. You bet just 5 bucks to get 150 in bonus bets instantly. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use code DAN. That's code DAN for new customers. And you get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. That's insane. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boothill Casino Resort in Kansas, 21 plus, age varies by jurisdiction, void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And now we are at Luthen's Art Gallery slash Antiquities slash Curios Shop, which operates as a front. Mon Mothma shows up. I really like the Star Wars version of a revolving door. Did you see that, Maze? Mm-hmm. It was great. They start with some platitudes about, oh, I've got some nice things, and she's trying to get a present for her husband and Maze. We've got so many Easter eggs in this scene. Yeah, you said he's an art dealer. He's really an Easter egg dealer. Yes, purveyor. Every single item in this shop has some sort of significance. It's a great opportunity for them to Trojan horse in a lot of references here. we got Mandalorian armor in there. We've got Twi'lek family heirlooms, much like the ones that Thrawn confiscated from Hera's family. We've got the Star Killer helmet from the Force Unleashed video game. We've got a Gungan shield. We've got a painting from Mortis with the hands of Mortis. We've got a Wookiee helmet. We've got Plo Koon's breathing mask. Yep. Whoa. <laughs> That's pretty specific. And finally, we have both Jedi and Sith holocrons. He's got a lot of stuff. He's a good collector. He says, oh, I got a special piece in the back. They go in the back and then they start talking actual business. And we learn that Mon Mothma, of course, is the senator who's in charge of the rebellion, who's trying to organize and orchestrate stuff. But it's getting harder and harder because there are more and more spies everywhere, including perhaps her new driver, 
who Luthen's assistant conveniently distracts with some things about a coin or some shit. I don't know. She says, I think I found someone to help me. He says, someone who? To bring into the circle? We're too vulnerable. And she says, don't lecture me on vulnerability. Maze, who do you think she was talking about? She talking about Bail Organa? Uh, I feel like he would already be in the circle. Because as we know, Genevieve O'Reilly mm. is reprising her role from Rogue One. She was also in Revenge of the Sith. But all the speaking parts were cut. But there is a deleted scene where she, Bail Organa, and Padme Amidala agree to form a loyal opposition to Palpatine. And she clarifies, we are not separatists trying to leave the Republic. We are loyalists trying to preserve democracy within the Republic. So they would have already been in the circle. Okay, so someone new, someone that we don't know. Be interesting to see where that goes. And we go from here to the opulent life of a senator in Coruscant. Oh, my God. Looks like she lives in the penthouse at Trump Tower. All this marble and gold everywhere. Too often, maids, we see dingy Star Wars. We don't get to see a lot of rich people Star Wars. We saw a little bit of Canto Bite in The Last Jedi. You see a little bit, uh, I guess, in the prequels when you go to Padme's apartment, but it's kind of like a nice condo. This is the good life here. This is someone who comes from a rich planet, not an agrarian planet like Naboo. This felt like a scene straight out of Veep because her snooty husband is planning a dinner with a lot of friends of the empire and she wants nothing to do with it and this might be the biggest easter egg of them all when she looks at the guest list it includes sly moore sly moore was the bald force sensitive lady who was palpatine's chief of staff if you watch the prequels you see there's always the guy with the horns on one side of him, and next to him is a bald lady. That bald lady is Sly Moore. She's Force-sensitive. She does Jedi mind tricks and all types of stuff like that. She's the only one of the few people, excuse me, who knew that Palpatine was actually a Sith Lord, obviously before the fall of the Republic and the rise of the Empire. So I don't know about you, Maze. I got very excited. I'm like, whoa, are we going to get to see her? in this thing or is that just a name drop to get us excited and move on that's a good question i don't think we'll see this dinner but i wouldn't be surprised if she came back i feel like we're gonna spend a decent amount of time with mon mothma so yeah i would like to go to work with mon mothma and see her at the senate well i know we're gonna see that because we've seen images of the senate in uh, a lot of the trailers but the funny thing about mon mothma's husband is he is a socialite. He loves it. This dude is living the life. When she's talking about the seating chart, she doesn't want to sit next to them. He's like, don't worry, I got you on the other end of the table, the boring table. This is the fun the fun side over here. He asks her about the gifts she got him. She says, I'm taking it back. And he says, must you always be boring and sad? It's a guy living a good life, man. There's also a reference to the Empire cutting off Gourmand's shipping routes, mm -hmm. which will cause people to starve on the planet. And this is alluding to one of the biggest massacres of the Imperial era when stormtroopers opened fire on peaceful protesters on Gourmand. Oh, wow. All right. When does that happen? I think this is supposed to be in the timeline before that. So much like got it. them building something on Scarif, there's a lot of seeds of future events that we know are coming that are alluded to in this episode. Again, they do a great job of referring to things that exist and then defining things that didn't exist. For instance, Maze, I did some homework last week after we recorded our episode. Do you know why his adoptive mother says we're from Fest? Everyone's supposed to know that we're from Fest. The whole Fest versus Canari. Do you know how that came about? I do not. Because in the illustrated guide 
for Rogue One, which is like a book that comes out. Every time a Star Wars movie comes out, they'll come out with an illustrated book. It has all the characters and all the places, and it'll have details in there. And in the book, it said that he's from Fest. So in order for them to tell the story and have him be from a different planet, they had to explain at the retcon, wait a second, the official canon book said he's from Fest. How can he be from somewhere else? And so they made it that the book was made off of false information. It was made off of what his official records were, which said Fest, even though he's not from there, he's actually from Canary. Mm. That's how Star Wars does it. Everything you see, every person you see, every name you hear, every planet you hear, if it doesn't already exist, they will immediately start to build backstory into all of it until it is. And then is referenced again. Lots of intrigue, lots of fun. We got a heist movie on our hands. Maze, how are you feeling right now about this? I'm feeling great. It was a lot of new characters and information in this episode. It almost felt like another pilot mm-hmm. because we left behind all of our friends on Ferex. You know, no Bix, no Marva, no B2 Emo. Like I said in the first episode we did, I hope we go back to those people, but I understand that we got a lot to do, and I wouldn't be surprised if we don't see them in the next two episodes either. I'm excited for this heist. I love a good heist. I love the ISB stuff. I think that the acting and the characters there are great. I love that we went home with our guy Cyril. I think it's fantastic that we're clearly establishing him as a character to pay attention to. So overall, I'm loving it, man. It would feel like, based on the people who are involved in the production, that, yeah, like you said, we're not going to see many people from the first three episodes in these next two episodes But at some point, I believe there should be a confluence in the final act of all of these characters, right? A lot of people are going to make returns and they're going to interact with these new characters that we're getting to know here. I love this, man. I mean, this honestly maybe couldn't be a trilogy of a movie, but I'm into it. And for the first time, I was like, well, maybe you guys should just drop three episodes at a time. I had the same thought. I don't want that. Knowing myself, I want more time to process these things. Yeah. But with the experience of the first three and how well it worked together, I definitely wondered, did they consider it? Because the teasing of the heist and the celestial event that's going to happen, I was definitely curious. I wanted to see it. So they got me on hook, at least. Yeah, and I'm glad they didn't try to, like, squeeze it all into one episode. That We got a great base here. We're introduced to new characters. We're introduced to what the motivating factor is on, on the Rebel side. It's this heist on the Imperial side. We've got Dedra interested in Cassian without knowing who Cassian is. I'm loving it, man. Yes, there's that great line she has where she says that she's putting together a bunch of connected events across sectors and across planets. And she thinks that it's the sign of a budding rebellion. She's actually onto it. (laughs) And her boss is like, shut up. He's not even saying shut up. He's like, (laughs) maybe also, can you turn in your TPS reports? He doesn't believe the words coming out of her mouth. He wants the paperwork. Yeah. He's like, we don't go off of gut. We go off of actionable concrete evidence. Facts. Which is, on the one hand, yeah, that's how you're supposed to do it, especially in a bigger company or in a bigger organization. If you let people just go off of gut left and right, it shit just becomes chaos. That's how you get what Cyril did. Yeah, exactly. Without the checks and balances and all. Even though, again, Cyril was right and she's right. Yep. But 
you got to go about it in the right way. All right, I think that's going to do it for us here, Maze. You got any closing thoughts you want to throw out there? Loved Luthen's wig. He really pulled off the look. I love that he's living this double life. The hot towel. The hot towel. He's got it all going on. And let's do it, man. Let's heist this thing. For Darth Corn Puzzle, I'm Darth Mean, reminding you, maybe you want to steady that ladder before you start to climb it. Play World of Warcraft, so hmm. Yeah, that's that's pretty, pretty fucking that, nerdy. Pretty guy. nerdy. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty yeah, nerdy. Yeah. I play. I I had a Monopoly addiction for like a year and a half. Also I don't find that. I don't estate, find that yeah. nerdy. No, though. it's kind of nerdy. No, you're it's in the real estate. Yo, addiction. Wait, like the, I, the board addiction. game or deal? Both. Yeah. I was so addicted to Monopoly when I started working on the Levitard show that I used to play it on my phone during the show. What game piece did you use for the board game? I think I was the Terrier. Oh, nice. What one do you pick, Roy? Uh. I believe I was either the shoe or the top hat. Oh, I like the top hat. I'm a thimble guy. Speaking of hmm, speaking of uh, podcasts that we're not going to plug, that uh, there's an NPR podcast I believe called Throughline. They did a whole episode bleep on that too. the origin. Yeah, bleep okay. it. They did a whole episode on the origins of Monopoly. Fascinating history. Highly, Sounds highly really recommend boring, people actually. to listen to that. <laughs> Sounds really boring. Can I like what what could I tell you about? Lord of the Rings, Rings of Power, to make you consider watching an episode. So here's, so here's the thing. Zero. There's a couple things that I'm out on. Well, right. well uh, sorry. I think we should start off by oh, saying yes. that I had to go at you earlier this week for saying that you're very myopic. <laughs> yeah. And that like like th that sounds boring. That sounds awful. It just seems like you have like a like a very you have a network of things that you're into, mm -hmm. and you like couldn't imagine being into anything yes. that's outside of your network of things. Correct. Right. He also thought myopic meant like. Very into Miami, like my <laughs> that was Miami. Lewis. Oh, really? That was Lewis who had that joke. Do not steal his joke. That was oh, okay. his joke. We have I to give credit where it's due. No, no, no. Right, credit where credit's due. That was Gabagool, not me. Ah, uh, Gabagool. All right, sorry. I've been Gabs. called worse than myopic, but yes, my wife would also attest that I could be a bit myopic when it comes to things that I like and the things that I don't like. There's certain things that I am absolutely all the way out on. Always wizards. Out. Why? I'm no. I'm. You know oh, what? Wizards? Thank you, brother. You're my brother. Yes. Wizard. Right. Out. Right. Wizard. Out. Dragon. Zero. Dragon. Times. Out. Out. Stop. Yeah. Stop. Make your top five list of things Stop. you are out on. Out on, <laughs> on nights. This my might guy. be worse than okay. any other list you've ever made, including your awful pizza list. Oh, pizza list is great. I'm literally still killing dragons those. every night. As yeah, a I, that's weird. I don't get it. All right. I love wizards. Honestly, I could rank my top five favorite wizards, but we don't have time for that. I have my top five. five favorite things. Gandalf, obviously, number okay. one. Thank you, Roy. You got it. All right, Woody. Top, right. Give us your top five. These are Do they have Chris to be in order? Whittingham's. No, five to one. Okay. Okay. This is Chris, <laughs> Chris Whittingham's top five list of things he likes. Organization. <laughs> Gotta be organized. I love that. I love like creating a Twitter list. Love creating a Twitter oh list. Oh my god! 
I love creating a Twitter list. I just, right. I, you know yeah. what, I, you know what, I really enjoyed the What's process of putting together the applications on my iPhone into groups. Uh, oh my god! Into folders? Like yeah, 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 yeah. You have you have the folders. I got I, a couple folders. I just sort of like man. taking time to compartmentalize my life. Number four, blackjack. <laughs> Not bad. Although you might be cord counting there. Hmm. Yeah, no, I I, I love I love playing blackjack. You made a lot of money in Tahoe. Made a lot of money in Tahoe. Oh, I, I, I think I They're angered you with how much money I made in Tahoe. I thought oh, that was unfair. <laughs> and then and then I also put I put a hundred dollars in a in an airport slot machine that spat out a hundred and ten. Son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, Maybe we should just do like all casino games for Witty for number. No, four. because like I, I I walk by most of them. You I like, like playing blackjack. No. Mm. Well, actually, I've never played craps before. Well, we were, we were all hanging out, and then Woody was like, I'll be right back, guys. And then he was gone the rest of the night, and he was just slaying. Yeah. yeah. And then Chris Cody eventually joined me. We've told the story before, but the dealer paid him out when she shouldn't have. And uh, we turned that into a lot of money. And yep. it was great. Good times had by all. Uh, number three is Mexican food. <laughs> That's it funny? I'll allow I'm just it. saying it's a funny it's a funny thing. I'm glad Mexican food at least beat organization. On <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Jeez. Number two, quad boxes. Really? Like on, like on Red Zone? Yeah, but also on the ESPN app when you can create your own. Mm. And there was also, I believe, PlayStation View. Uh, the dearly departed PlayStation View was once uh, like a YouTube TV sort of thing. You can create your own out of any group of channels that you wanted to. And so I just like I like having on four but sporting that events at once. Work with organization too, sort of. Where it's like you're organizing yeah. four things mm -hmm. into. But a I feel movie. like I have like sort of hacked life and being able to fire up the ESPN app and watch four things at the same time. Interesting. What Wonderful. about the boxes that you do box jumps on to work out your quads mm. and hammies and glutes and calves? Quad box. The, well, what about boots? those? <laughs> Working out, not really my thing. No. What? So that's on your t your bottom five things you like list. It's on no. Um, <laughs> it's on my bottom five of things that because I don't know how to do them, I don't want to because I feel like I'd look like a boob doing them. Right. Mm. So like if I like if I went to a gym right now, I'd have terrible technique. I'd have no strength, and I'd be I'd be judged by everyone there. Nah. I feel like I need to achieve a certain level of working out in private. It's a myth. Everybody's trying to figure their their own their, shit out at the gym. I don't know. Right. There, you want me to be honest. A, there's a lot of gym judgment. Yeah, there is. gym intimidation is a real gym thing. People that as you walk guys up know. to you and try to talk to you when you have your headphones on. Judgment. Don't do that, people. And number one, Jace. Oh God, can we all guess what it is? The one thing that he loves. Yeah. Football. Association soccer. football. Is that number one? That's number one. Association football. I don't know what that means. What does that mean? It's, it's soccer. soccer. Oh, Barely soccer. beat out quad boxes. All right, Tony, do you have your list? I've got, yeah, hey, I've yeah. got the top four things that I'm out on when it comes to content. Oh, do you only got the four? He yeah, couldn't think of the fifth. No, the I'm going to hate your list. You are going to hate my list. Mm. <sighs> Starting with number five, or number four, excuse me, musicals. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, you're my brother. Out, out on you musicals. You are my brother. Yeah, targeting musical. Jessica at this yeah, point. Out on musicals. Um, Next thing, num number four, baking. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> I'm in on baking. I love the Food Channel. I love number food three, Network. Monopoly Deal. Oh, Monopoly's good. <laughs> number two, Notre Dame. Mm. Yeah. I'm in. Number one? The Pittsburgh Steelers. Wow. <laughs> Number three, medieval times. Anything that takes place in medieval times, don't care, don't want to know. I'm good. Like I don't need so to watch it. So you're out right. on like a 300 year period of history. Yeah. 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 You're out on yeah. turkey legs. Yeah. 
Oh, way out on Turkey Legs. Mm. Overrated. Ab- absolutely out on so Turkey Legs. Oh, no, 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 no. Overrated. Stop. No, 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 we're not no, doing no, that. No, no, Guys, I've already, had, I've already done okay. this show. Move Damn on. It. I've done this show. Overrated. They smell so much better than they taste. Number two, Wizards. Anything with Wizards, I'm out. I don't, I don't Washington give Wizards? a shit about... Uh, I'm in, on the, I'm, on, I'm in on the Washington I have a top five Wizards list to close us out. Nice. But wizards. Number one first. Wizards suck. Whatever that. They don't. Yeah, they do. And number one is dragons. I don't. I don't care for things that are dragon related. Like, right. There's things that just these that are don't all the make same sense. Family. They are, but just family. doesn't like fiction. My disdain for like these things. Make yeah, it so I'm, I can I'm break also it up. out on the fantasy the genre. Thing, the thing about dragons is that that's the coolest thing within that world. Not that cool. Wow. Wizards, not that cool. Top okay. five wizards. Number five, Michael Jordan. Number four, nice. Harry Potter. Number three. Radagast the Brown. Number great, two, great wizard. Great wizard. Who is that? Great wizard. Number one, Gandalf. Oli Jaina Proudmore. That'll do it for another episode of Mystery Crate. Be sure to check out all the podcasts. Love and Tart and Friends Podcasts Network. Jessica, what's on your slew of podcasts? DNF Singapore Grand Prix Sunday on mm. YouTube Live. What time What time does someone start? I think 8 a.m. Eastern. Oh, so it's a, it's a night race? Uh, in Singapore, yes. Roy, what's on MoCo? Uh, we have Brianna Pinto from the North Carolina Courage on the show. Ooh! Oh, ah, wow. she, she, she is. Uh, she's on the athlete council, isn't she? Of U.S. Uh, U.S. Soccer yeah, yeah, as well. She is. Yes, yeah, she Listen, is. I, I commentated North Carolina Courage. I had no boy. need to say that. Uh, Tony, yeah, little bit, little bit, little bit of look at me, Louis. Tony Lewis YouTube channel. Uh, yeah, a bunch of stuff there. We also have every Thursday. We're breaking down. Obviously, it happened yesterday. Uh, we're breaking down every Thursday night football slate from a DFS perspective. Shout out to mm. DraftKings. Uh, we also have UFC 280. We have something special for that. We're securing couple of different things and we'll do that uh what is it a couple the, passes couple flights yeah some some things are happening also, that, uh, that'll Lewis, be october 22nd lewis you're working on our thing from heat media day right i am working we released uh the bam stuff i have a uh, shoes in the chamber and i got two more fantastic before okay. we go oh, oh. text from one of our co-workers i won't say who billy tony wants to be an 80s movie bully so bad stuff the nerds into the locker while headed to football practice mike fuentes Burn. okay goodbye Friends, a lot has changed over the years, personally, and across our airwaves. But one thing that hasn't, the great taste of Miller Lite. So what is the best thing about the original light beer? Miller Lite sparked this debate in 1975, and we still haven't settled it. You know, for me personally, I recently bought a few six-packs of Miller Lite for my housewarming party. Because that's one thing that's changed for me. I moved into a new house, and I brought some friends over, and we enjoyed the best light beer. Because Miller Lite keeps it simple. Undebatable quality. Great taste, only 96 calories. It's the beer that strips away everything you don't need and holds on to what matters most. A light beer that tastes like beer. Less filling and only 96 calories. The original light beer since 1975. You don't have to choose what's best. Miller Lite has great taste and is less filling. Tastes like Miller time. To get Miller Lite delivered right to your door, visit MillerLite.com crate. Or you can find it pretty much anywhere that sells beer. Celebrate responsibly. Miller Brewing Company, Milwaukee, Wisconsin. 96 calories per 12 ounces. Fewer cows and carbs than premium regular beer.